into the contest. It is Friday the 8th of July. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert and Shane has taken a sojourn down to the Southern Highlands. Anyone that follows his Instagram would have seen his slow-cooked lamb and his glass of red at sunset, so he's enjoying himself, but he's off the grid. So today, it's a delight to be joined by Chris Gale, who you probably know as one of the hosts of the Dragon Cast with Ferris and Gale. How are you, mate? I'm very well, Tim, and it's an equal delight to be with you this afternoon. Yeah, tell us a bit more about the Dragon Cast. So it, I do it with Stephen Ferris, and we, for a long time, mm. did a show on FBI Radio, which is a local youth network, uh, which looked at the funny side of rugby league called Fire Up. And now we're focusing specifically on Stephen's team, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. He is so old. He was alive during the St. George 11 and 11 streak, if you can believe it. Wow, okay. Mm. And so we focus on the team, the previous game, what's coming up. But we also look at some of the broader issues in rugby league. At the moment, we're offering counselling for all rugby league fans who are really struggling with the Roosters losing four in a row and now Melbourne only winning three of their last seven. We know that the misery has sped throughout the rugby league community. Oh, absolutely all right. We'll go out there and have a listen to the Dragon cast. Of course, they're celebrating their centenary this year. They'll unveil their team of the century in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, they've got a big game this weekend. But we have a huge show today. It's Friday. That means we'll be talking NRL, which we'll do in just a tick, but also all the latest AFL and UFC with Melbourne comedian Luca Muller. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. All right, Chris, Nick Kyrgios, he goes straight through to the final of Wimbledon with Rafael Nadal calling a media conference to pull out. This is phenomenal, isn't it? It sure is. I was planning an early night on Sunday, but uh, I'll be uh, finding the midnight oil and uh, setting it ablaze as Kyrgios takes the hope of not necessarily all Australians into the men's singles final at Wimbledon, but I think it's really exciting. It is. And uh, are you in his camp, out of his camp? I, I sent out a tweet the other day saying, look, I have been critical at times of Nick Kyrgios, and he deserves it at times. Um, but I, I think a few times throughout this tournament, particularly the Sitsipas thing, I, I reckon that there was a bit of persecution coming his way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a bit condemned by his previous record. Look, look. I think you've got to look at, is it good for tennis? That's the discussion. And I heard Kerry O'Keefe earlier in the week saying, tennis's problem is that it's beige. And I tend mm. to agree with that. I mean, we need some excitement in tennis. The big three are all staring pretty closely at the finish line. Rafa may be very much so as a result of him pulling out this week. And I defy any Australian to name the four women semi-finalists overnight. So... Curious adds a bit of spark. Uh, it then just becomes a matter of how much spark, I guess. Yeah, I hope he wins. I really do. And I do find it a little irony that Pat Cash and John McEnroe are having a crack at Curious when we saw the way they operated. Well, doesn't it bring back memories? I think it's 1986 when Pat won Wimbledon. And from mine, he invented the climb up into the player's box. Yeah. It's almost his greatest legacy with tennis was Pat climbing into that box because everyone does it. But uh, you mentioned McEnroe, and I always felt McEnroe to a large degree when he was going – You've got to be kidding me. He was often talking to himself. 
and everyone else was just collateral damage. I think where uh, Nick sometimes loses people is it feels very pointed at the umpires and officials. But I figure that's why they do it. I mean, I think if they are able to go home and say, look, I got a spray from Nick Kyrgios today, that'd make their year, wouldn't it? No, oh, absolutely. Talking about blowing up, Craig Bellamy knows how to blow up and he would have been happy <laughs> last night. We'll have a look at all the rugby league next. What do you think of this game last night? I, you know, Melbourne never got into it. Obviously, they're missing all their origin players, but uh, the Sharks, the impact of Craig Fitzgibbon, it's, uh, it was quite extraordinary. Are we looking at Fortress Points Bet Stadium now? There's Shark Barkers mm. currently known. I thought the game was summarised near the end where poor old Kenny Bromwich, or Kenny B as I like to refer to him, went down with what looked like a serious leg injury and that came off the back of Pappenhausen getting a recurrence of his back injury and poor young Anderson also hurting himself and someone in the crowd yelled out, just go home, Storm. And that pretty much summarised their night. They really, uh, I thought, were very passive on their own goal line and defence and Cronulla handled them pretty easily. And I guess everyone's been death riding Melbourne for, what, 15 years now that the, you know, the bubble's going to burst. Yeah. Is it happening now, Tim? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And, and particularly without their stars, a bit of injury and Pappenhausen obviously playing hurt as well. Uh, you, you'd have to be brave to write them off with their, with their track record, but I'd find it hard to think that at, at their best, Penrith are going to be beaten by Melbourne. Uh, what do you make of uh, the whole Reese Walsh exit? Well, that's a really, really interesting one because obviously the Warriors have released him saying in order for him to talk to the Broncos because of the change in his personal circumstances. So mm. inevitably, Wayne Bennett blows up because, hang on, what's wrong with our money? Our money's good and Redcliffe's obviously in the market for a marquee player and they're still in the market for a marquee player. So it's great to see uh, Wayne and the Broncos, you know, drawing pistols again. I think that's uh, important for the rugby league soap opera. And look, you know, I wish the kid all the best. He's young. He's made a couple of missteps in his career. But uh, obviously, um, he's part of a movement. And that movement is, I don't want to go to New Zealand. I mean, you can add them up now. You've got Matt Lodge, Coach Brown, Ewan Aiken, and now mm-hmm. Reese Walsh. And the irony of all that is, I think it's because Mount Smart Stadium is so cold and freezing. Mm-hmm. But last weekend, it was beautiful and sunny while we were being suffering monsoon conditions here on the east coast of Australia. Oh, yeah. Was, I think everyone has been uh, looking up and celebrating today with the blue sky. Uh, now, Origin next week. Uh, it is at the Cauldron. Uh, it is one all. Uh, New South Wales come in on the back of a big win in Perth, but it does all change. It's Caxton Street. It's everything that goes with a Brisbane decider. It really is. I went up in 2001 for what will ever be known as the Alfie Langer game which was a serious mm. decider, as is this. Oh, yeah. And we know that New South Wales has only been successful in 94 and 2005 when the Shield is on the line up in Queensland. And I, I think I learned there what it's about. Queenslanders don't support Queensland. They actively hate New South Wales. And I actually saw the Blues arrive on the bus and you could kind of feel the terror in their eyes. It was out of the old ANZ Stadium. So mm. it's that um, juju, I guess, that New South Wales and Freddie have to counter. And so... They'll be earthing like mad up there to get um, comfortable at Kingscliff and then they head up to Suncor on Wednesday night. Yeah, what about Luke Brooks? What's going on at the Tigers, do you think? And where will Tim Sheens end up? Like, Tim Sheens been an amazing premiership coach, but uh, look, very few can coach into their 70s. I'm a card-carrying West Tigers member and I'm just feeling that because the team's not doing so well, they're looking for a way of maintaining 
public attention. So we all had to sit through Tales from Tiger Town last year, which was difficult for all Tigers fans. They're looking for a second series, but they want to switch it, make it like a political thriller, and it'll be called something like, you know, Tales from Tiger Town 2, Deep Throat. Trying to work out who this leak is, because Luke Brooks mm. has spoke very frankly about he's sick of it, and it seems to be a constant with our club. And as they say, winning begins in the front office. Well, they need to shut the door or, you know, turn the, the speakers down because that seems to be a big problem. And where to from here for the Tigers? Uh, I'm afraid it's uh, a well-known fact that we've never won the wooden spoon until this year. And I'm a little bit concerned about that. Yeah, and Luke Brooks, uh, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, having called him uh, as a schoolboy and Andrew John saying that he reminds him of, of him as a player and we've seen flashes of that, but we've never seen the consistency. I, I honestly think it'd be good for him to have a change. Forget about the clubs. I'm just looking at him as a football player. If he did go to somewhere like Redcliffe under the, the stewardship of Wayne Bennett, I think it would help him as a player at this stage of his career. Undoubtedly, and I think there's a deep wellspring of support for Luke from Tigers fans. Mm. It's not like he hasn't put in, but I remember very clearly his debut when they were wearing the West facsimile jumper against the Dragons out of the SCG, and he did carry that moniker from the beginning of the next Joey Johns. It hasn't helped him. People forget he was the Dallium halfback of the year. We all know it's hard to play well against a pack uh, behind a pack that's not going forward. Mm. But a change of scenery would be right. Jackson Hastings has proved to be a big success having come out from the Super League and Adam Dewey is the class we've got in the team and as they say three seldom goes into two. Yeah well it'll be interesting to see what happens for the remainder of this year and then going forward they're building this great centre of excellence so look I've got a lot of friends <laughs> in and around the West Tigers I hope they do have some success and who, you know 2005 seems a long time ago now. All right now um, you were out there for the Penrith Roosters game look I fell a bit for uh, to Trent Robinson I know that you know they feel uh, eternally unlucky, uh, but um, look, Penrith were the better team in the end. What, what did you make of the atmosphere? It was incredible. I wanted to go out to Penrith Stadium before they tore it down just to experience it and tick it off my places of rugby league that I hadn't been to. And of course, now they've announced they're going to redevelop the paceway, so they're not tearing it down. Mm. But despite the persistent rain, Tim, it was, dare I say it, a very nice experience. And I've got a bit of concern. There's a bit of a nice epidemic going on in rugby league at the moment. Jake Travojevich very much at the front of it with all his interviews after Origin and the win against the Storms about how nice it was, how nice it was to have his family there. Though mm. the Mikes did catch him with a little bit more blue language on the sidelines in the Storms game. I, mean, I think he mentioned Michael Luck and Carmichael Hunt at some stage. But yes. at, at Penrith... You arrive, there's gourmet food trucks. Um, when you go for the pie combo, they offer you three different choices of pie. The kid who was the usher, I was wearing my Proton Black Tigers jersey, desperately trying to blend in. And he goes, oh, I really like your team. And what I worked out was Penrith fans are gorged on success. Even when they mm. went down in the second half, they're relaxed. They go, Nathan, the boys have got this. They're happy when the tries are scored, but they're really used to it. And this probably explains to me what the issue is in relation to Origin. We've heard that Gus Gould was concerned in Origin 1 that New South Wales was too pantherized. Well, Freddie doubled down and more pantherized the team. And they're a nice team and we're missing the hate in Origin. So I'm sheeting it back to Penrith. I think it's an issue that needs to be addressed, but it's a terrific night out there. Even got parked next to the Aqua Golf for free and just strode into the ground. Sounds like a great night and a couple of pies down, a couple of couple of Zantacs and away you go. <laughs> All right, coming up next, it's Melbourne comedian Luca Muller.
Friday. Uh, we've got to go to Melbourne comedian Luke. And well, I know he's not feeling all that well this morning because I watched this game last night and uh, his mighty Melbourne demons weren't all that mighty. They had flashes against the Cats, but they didn't get the chocolates, Luca. Yeah, no chocolates at all, mate. And we didn't deserve them, mm. to be honest. Geelong smashed us, dismantled us, beat us at our own game, fair and square, just destroyed us at the contest, had a strong switch game. Uh, just were tougher and wanted it more last night, really. Um, Melbourne just has no forward line to speak of, which is pretty crazy for a team that's playing as well as we we have been, but uh, yeah, a lot of questions mm. that we need to answer if we want to actually contend. Um, I think that's hopefully going to be a big uh, big wake-up call for the Ds. Luca, if I could take you away from the pain of last night, there's a huge game, 7.50pm tonight at the SCG. Sydney Swans taking on the Western Bulldogs. Swans coming off a shock loss to Essendon last weekend and the Dogs fighting to keep their final chances alive. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, such a good game tonight. Uh, I'd be leaning towards the Swannies, I think, Chris, um, but could go either way. This will be a hard-fought thing. Like you say, Swans, super surprising loss last week. Uh, they'd looked so good. They're a bit hot and cold like a lot of other teams, but they had looked really well. They looked like they had their game in order and then, yeah, just couldn't get it done last week. Uh, I think at their best, they're better than the Dogs, but the Dogs will be fighting tooth and nail. They just need to win if they want to push for finals. And if the Bulldogs win, they'll replace the Swans in the eight and take their place up there. So, yeah, it should be a ripping game, I think. Yeah, well, I'm heading out to this one. It's, it's pretty hard at the moment to try and predict anything, isn't it? It's so changeable. Um, you know, one team, world beaters, one week, the following week, you they sort of disappear off the park. It's very congested, the top eight, when you look at it now. Geelong and Melbourne have now joined each other, and there's like a win apart to Brisbane and Fremantle, then another win to Carlton and Collingwood, and then another one down to Richmond, Sydney, St Kilda, all on the same points there. Yeah, it's a super close uh, contest at the moment, which is good. It, it means that you never can really predict the games or the rounds uh, week to week. It makes footy a very exciting thing to watch. And I think it speaks to this sort of uh, brand-driven football that a lot of teams are striving to play at the moment, where you have one super specific game plan that you push to play in all situations, whether you're up or down, or if you're playing the best team or the worst team in the league, uh, you try to have, yeah, a pretty well-defined and narrow brand, which is good. And when it comes off, it's great. But it does mean that these teams are committing to these game plans. And if they can't quite make it click, then they can lose lose games that they shouldn't and teams can surprise them. Yeah. And look at St Kilda look red hot against Carlton last week and they're taking on Fremantle who are doing well as well. I have a friend who has a 1966 bottle of commemorative port <laughs> from the last time St Kilda won the flag. Any possibility they'll be uncorking it in 2022? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I'd be uh, I'd be thinking it would stay dusty for at least another year. <laughs> but they're another team who been just so hot and cold. Sometimes great, sometimes not so great. And last week they were really great. They came out and they beat the Blues comprehensively in, in every line on the field. Uh, they could be really proud of that performance and yeah, massive one. This will be a huge test against Frio this Saturday night. Frio are super legit title contenders, I reckon. Uh, and they'll be boosted by the return of uh, big forward Matt Taberner there. So Saints versus Frio, Saturday night. That is good footy. Huge test for both of those teams. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now the UFC, our man Volkanovsky in action. UFC 276 
It's a big one. It was a big one. Yes, our man, Wollongong Zone, Alex Falkonovsky, massive win, super dominant performance uh, to get that decision win and retain the featherweight title against Max Holloway. Uh, he very firmly stakes his claim for maybe best featherweight of all time. Uh, and the talk is now that his next fight will be him either going up to lightweight or down to bantamweight to contend for a second belt there. Um, I personally hope he goes down. I just think it would suit his uh, smaller... I just think it would suit his uh, smaller frame a bit better. But the word is, no matter what the next fight is, it'll be here in Australia. He'd be headlining an event maybe at Marvel Stadium in front of uh, 50,000 baying Aussie fans. Um, I think that'd be great to see Volko get that big hometown or home country uh, welcome there. I think he deserves it. And I think he's just about ready to become a more mainstream star as well. Do I need to point out that he's a rugby league player formerly, you know, producing great champions? Am, am I right? I didn't see 276, Luca, but is it correct that Adesanya, who was the most exciting phenomenon in UFC at the moment, came out with an Undertaker entrance, including Paul Bearer Ashes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> is he with a huge, huge Undertaker-style walkout? And WWE's Vince McMahon was there to watch as well, so I'm sure he got a kick out of that. He's got a bit of time in his hands at the moment, Vince. <laughs> um, like you say, he is, or at least was, uh, UFC's sort of most exciting prospect for a while there. But he's in a weird position now. He's almost gotten himself to like a Floyd Mayweather-type position where he keeps winning. He won again this weekend, defended the title for the sixth time in a row. And... He's super dominant, but he can't get the finish. And so people are criticizing him for that. He's gotten himself to a position where his opponents have figured out how not to get knocked out by him, but they also can't lay a finger on him. He's dominating, but without uh, getting big, exciting wins there. But interesting storyline coming out of this is his next fight will probably be against Alex Pereira, who got a win this weekend as well. Uh, those two have fought before in kickboxing a few years ago, and Pereira beat him twice, knocked him out twice. I think that'll bring a bit more aggression, a bit more excitement to his game when they match up uh, probably in a few months before the end of the year. Nice. Nice, mate. Sorry about the Melbourne Demons, Luca. Where are you, where are you playing, mate, to wrap it up? Where are you playing this weekend? <laughs> Thanks, mate. I'm sorry about the Demons as well. Um, I'll be at Comedy Republic in... Uh, uh, in Melbourne on Burke Street there. Lovely little comedy club, Friday and Saturday. Should be a good time. Well, at least you can get something nice to eat in Burke Street or Little Burke Street and have a good night as well. Good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you, mate. See you, boys. Have a good one. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to Luke and Muller today. And, of course, Chris, a big thank you to our sponsors. Absolutely, Tim. O'Brien Beer, it's the beer that loves you back. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. Thanks for being a part of the program today, Chris. I urge everyone to get on and listen to the Dragon Cast. It is sensational. We'll talk soon. Look forward to that, Tim. Thank you. Join us for our Afternoon Sport Racing Bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app. What I'm backing and why. Happy punting.